You're listening to Cine Binge. Welcome to Cine Binge. This show was born from my friend's persistence in me watching certain shows. I've been asking Simon to watch Dark, a German TV show on Netflix, which I guarantee he will like. But for some reason, he's always been a little apprehensive about watching it. So I said, I'll watch it if we can put a podcast around it. And this is that podcast. Welcome to Cine Binge, the spoiler-free deep dive watch-along podcast. My name's Simon. And my name's Andrew. And today we continue with Dark. And I've just watched episode five, which was called Trudes. And I guess we need to get the first question out of the way. Let's get the first question out of the way. Are you still watching the English version? I mean, there is an elephant in the room. Um, I was having a conversation on Twitter about this and uh, I actually asked someone how they were watching it and they were sort of saying that they prefer a certain way. But I ended up creating a poll on our Twitter feed to ask our followers how they're watching it, whether they're subbed or dubbed. And so far it seems to be subbed are definitely winning. So uh, if you are watching it with uh, English dubbed audio, get your vote in, I'd say. So are you team dubbed, would you say? I am team subbed, not dubbed. Uh, I see what I tried to do there. Yeah, I watched it dubbed. Once you get used to it, I suppose it's like the same with subtitles. Once you get used to reading the subtitles, it's fine. But once you get used to the voices, and also I've already heard the voices as they actually sound. So I've got an idea what they sound like, do you know what I mean? So I don't have a problem with it being dubbed. I know you said... They sound a bit video gamey. I think the performances are really quite good dubbed. I probably will go back and watch it with subtitles, perhaps, which that might indicate to you that I am starting to enjoy the show quite a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, that doesn't come as a surprise to me because I kind of expected you to come to that conclusion by this episode. Um I was very confident in that fact. But on on the subject of of voices and so on, I think I've actually narrowed it down as to who is making me feel so unhappy with the English audio version, the English dubbed version. I think it's the actress that plays Charlotte because I don't think I have a problem with anyone else except for her and perhaps the, um, the woman who gave the autopsy to Charlotte. But it seems to be Charlotte's audio that I seem to struggle with most. Everyone else I'm kind of not too fussed about, but her specifically is, is a problem. It doesn't necessarily bother me, but something that I've noticed, and that's that all of the other characters in the English audio dubbed version have American accents, as you would expect, given that it's you know it's been Americanized and so on. Except for one character who still appears to have an accent, and that's uh, Regina Tiedemann, who seems to have a uh, a whiff of an accent and when i actually looked it up she's actually a german actress so they've got an american audio audio for everyone else except for one particular character which just makes her stand out more in some ways what threw me a few times was when uh, i told you how i was watching it and you obviously thought i'm just going to watch it as well in the dubbed version just to see you know what what it's like and then as I'm watching it, I get a text from you saying, this is awful, dubbed is crap. And that really pulled me out of the moment I was watching. So I was just like, do you know what? Phone's going on mute 
and I'm going to rewind. <laughs> this is going to be an endless debate, I think, with the um, with whether it's dubbed or subbed, but we would like to know what your thoughts are. So let us know how you're watching it, whether you're subbed or dubbed. I think Andrew's done a poll on our Twitter, which is at TV. Um, which I am not allowed to go near, which is fine. Um, so this is the episode where, and let's just say, this is the podcast where we don't spoil anything in the future, but this episode will assume you've already watched it. So everything we talk about from now will be stuff that has already happened in this episode and episodes before. So that should give you enough time to either go away or stay with us. And I have a theory, Simon's theory, are we going straight into the theory, straight out of the blocks? Yes. Okay, go for it. No children are missing, right? The children who are missing are... They all went back to 1986, and they are all characters that we are with now. Okay, that's interesting. So, uh, Eric Oberman, Yassin, and Mads we're talking about here oh no Matt's disappeared way back didn't he so you're talking about specifically the people that are left from this so please don't ask me to name who I think they are because I won't be able to do that this is just a theory because in this episode and just sort of confirm it if I'm right here Mikkel who went missing is Michael Yes, so that's pretty much jumping right to the end of the episode, but that is uh, that is correct, yes. Okay, so, and Michael was the guy who hung himself, correct? Yes. And that's Jonas's dad? Yes. Right. So, Mikkel, because I wasn't sure if Mikkel was related to Jonas. He's not, is he? Uh, no, but right, okay. clearly, clearly he is now because of that. No, no, yeah, yeah. Because what I was sort of worried about was thought, is that his brother? Because his brother is now his dad. Wow, what the, that's weird. That's kind <laughs> of, that's something I, like I thought at, at first, but obviously I uh, that wasn't the case. So yeah, at that point I was like, okay. And it was so obvious. And that's when I thought, this is, uh, this is why you've told me this show has got that rewatchable um, factor to it. Because... If it is everything that goes in a circle and it has stuff that has already happened, is kind of in plain sight, then I can understand yes, that. So that definitely. is the end of the, the end of the episode and we'll talk more about that in, in detail, but that was I just had to my mind did kind of blow up. Um, <laughs> but that's my theory and that's my mind blown. <laughs> okay. Apart from that big bombshell what else was the standout moment for you what were the the moments where you kind of took a breath and uh or had you asking more questions i mean going right back to the start we've got the again the kind of continuation of of secrets from previous episodes we had the um i think in the in the opening sequence before the actual credits we know that that marta is trying to get hold of jonas jonas is avoiding her calls we know that uh, Bartos is trying to get hold of Marta and Marta's avoiding his calls. So uh, there's a lot of kind of poor communication going on there between them, I guess. Uh, there's a bit of a, a, a triangle going on there as opposed to 
a circle that we seem to be talking about everywhere else in the show. And um, what else have we got? We've also got the continuation of Elizabeth's interrogation from her mum because she wants to know who Noah is and does she know anything more about the missing kids and then starts to question the dad because he's obviously still acting a bit weird about everything. So, yeah, I mean, let's start with that scene. What, what did you think from that? The first scene, we have the husband looking very shifty and the detective asks him outright did you have anything to do with this and he doesn't answer and it's like if you didn't have anything to do with something as serious as a child go missing you'd be like i had nothing to do with that go away you'd answer straight away no of course he didn't do that but it's his his silence tells you i think everything so clearly the detective is now very suspicious of doppler i forget his first name peter Peter Doppler. The ongoing theme in this episode, obviously it was called Trudes, and it was characters doing stuff and you go, either, I don't like them, or I feel sorry for them. And then you actually find out stuff about them a bit later on, and you're like, oh my god, they're horrible. With Ulrich, you're, like, you know he's been having an affair, and you know it want, he wants it to end, and then hannah arriving at the house and basically going in the house and i've made you a pie or made you some food or whatever and he comes downstairs like the wife answers the door and he comes downstairs and he's just like looks like he's seeing the ghost like uh what's this all about this is a bit this is a bit shit can uh, i not can i not be here right now it's the way he looks at at hannah and his wife as he enters the room it's like just immediately kind of that's, if, if I came down into a room and there was someone in the room that was like a friend of the family, I'd kind of go, all right, how are you doing? You know, but the fact that he's kind of acting all shiftier around the, the fact that Hannah's there and mm. and then the long pauses before going, oh, no, I have to go go out now and go to the, the station. It just adds to this, the awkwardness of the whole thing. I mean, you could be a little accepting of it perhaps he just doesn't know what to say to her given that her husband died a little while ago and perhaps he hasn't actually seen her that often since so maybe Mm. it's that but no i mean from our point of view because we know the history of these two we kind of go you know you're just being really awkward and making it obvious that that something's going on between you he offers her a lift home because she only came on a bike and then you start to sort of feel a bit for her because you know at the end of the day she clearly has feelings for him and then like she sort of pours her heart out or she says something like they have a bit of a moment don't they in the car and then he basically leans over and you're thinking he's gonna he's gonna kiss her and then he kind of just opens the door and he's like get out and you're like yeah but then i didn't realize that that hannah was the same little girl in obviously in 1986 and then you find out she's not such a pleasant girl like not such a pleasant person anyway and her character she's slightly well if she's had this carrying on and these feelings since 1986 then she's obviously a potential bunny boiler and if you don't know what that reference is fatal attraction michael douglas just don't mess about just don't mess about or don't get caught Ulrich, Ulrich is already caught. I mean, did you see that scene when uh, it was actually the wife that suggested that the Ulrich take Hannah and drop her off? Mm. And Ulrich was kind of obviously a little bit 
wary of that. And then the wife gets up and gives Hannah a massive hug. And I, I could have sworn she basically smelled her. She sniffed her and then gave Ulrich this look. And that look said everything. That look to me was that she has smelt the perfume that she smelt on his jacket in the very first episode mm. and recognises it. And and just just the look is, I know, I know what you're up to. Yeah, he's in the shit, basically. Yeah. What does his wife now want him to do? Does she want him to be like, oh, listen, I've... Uh, what does she want out of this now? Does she want him to be honest and then... Or does she just... Is she, like, is ignorance bliss? She does ask him out right later on, doesn't she? She does say, you know, are you cheating? And he <laughs> says... Again, there's a little bit of a pause and, and then what makes you think that? And it's like, well, again, as you say earlier, wouldn't you just come out right with it and say, no, what the hell? Those yeah. little moments of silence are quite telling. That was the one of the truths things that was going on. Now, in the previous episode, we were left with another child going missing and we got to hear about a new character called Noah. And just going back to the... I'm going to go all over the place with this episode because I can't... Stuff's just going in my head and I'm like, I need to ask you about it. Um, <laughs> so Noah, at first I thought, I think Noah is a Doppler. And I think you probably thought that when you first watched this because it was like, he's about the same height. He's got blue eyes. Does he wear a hat? I don't know if he wears a hat or not. And then um, obviously that wasn't true. I never thought that Noah was the dad because he, she would surely recognise her own dad if that was the case. Not if he's, well, like, covered up and stuff. But then I never expected to meet Noah so soon. I thought yeah. this is going to be, you know, they're going to drag this out. We're not going to find out who he is. Bart, is his name Bartes? Bartos. Bartos. Yeah. All right, so... He gets a phone call from what he thinks is uh, Eric's drug dealer and arranges to meet with this Noah. But do we meet Noah before that? I can't. I can't remember how it how it went. I know Mikkel met Noah, but I also noticed. All right, so we meet Noah, and he's a priest, and he's got a very Benjamin Linus vibe about him. Like he seems a very manipulative character. I think this episode is sort of setting up the good guys and the bad guys. This is like Simon's Theory Part Two. So I think the guy with the beard in the hotel who sends off this package, which we will, you know, will come to, I think he's a good guy. I think he knows what's going on and I think he's got to do this to stop whatever Mr. Dark and Noah and all those are, are doing. I think he's trying to stop something and they're a part of something bigger that's going on. What? I do not know. We're going to find loads of lost references because we all know now that's my favourite show. And I noticed, especially today, in the sound design, you know, in Lost, when it used to go to a flashback and it, had, it would have that sound when it would go to... Well, it'd be like on the islands and it'd be like a... And there was yeah. so much of that. And I was like, this is this is very like lost now. Um in in its theme, but in its execution, it's like, yes, they yeah. are very similar. 
Yeah, I think those transition sounds, you're right. I think they have to do something to make it clear when they're switching time periods as well as just scenes within a particular time. So they've obviously found different ways to do that. And in this case, it's that that sound design is part Mm. of that. Uh, And I think it works. I think if you're paying attention, this is, again, why you kind of have to pay attention, because if you're not paying attention and you, you miss that kind of transition... You haven't just ruined potentially the scene that you've just ignored, but you're also potentially losing track of time, literally. You know, you're actually losing track of which time period you're in. So, yeah, it's it's yet another reason why I've said all along you've got to really be paying attention to this show. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's interesting that Noah turns up and is a priest because it does make me wonder if in episode three, when Egon Tiedemann's talking to the farmer about his sheep, and the farmer uh, mentions, I think he quotes something from the Bible and then talks about how there is a, a new priest in town. So I wonder if that's the same guy. I wonder if Noah, Noah is basically the town priest who's just turned up. And he also turns up in 1986 where Mikkel is there in hospital. That's- that's what I mean, because that, that's where the farmer scene happens. The farming scene happens. Egon Tiedemann's talking to the farmer in 1986. But we also we see that we see Noah in two in, in two time zones, and he doesn't he hasn't aged. He's like Richard Alpert. <laughs> Another lost reference. I know that maybe that would be the subheading for this uh, this episode. Lost references coming out their ass. Episode five. Episode what was what was the next episode? Episode six. Episode six. How have we found? How many ways have we found to uh, link this show to Lost? Well, we've got the hatch. We've got the transition sounds. We've got not Benjamin Linus. We've got what else did we say? Uh, there was another one, wasn't there? We should go back and, and actually count up how many references there are, and then just have a running total through this series. I think that would be good. We could do that as a bonus. Um, we could do like a quick montage of mm. every time we go. Well, that's like Lost. Yeah, and then we could just release that as the lost episode, and that what we—that's what it'll be. It'll be the lost episode, be like a bonus thing for our <laughs> subscribers. Interesting as well. I mean, this is this isn't the first. This isn't the only reference to religion, I guess, in this episode. Obviously, a priest turns up. That's obviously clearly religious. But if even even his presence in that early scene with Mikkel throws up a whole bunch of interesting questions, uh, like for example the biblical figure of Noah. What did he represent in the Bible? What did he do in the Bible? And is this guy going to be creating some sort of ark in the same way that the biblical Noah did? So that's the first thing that kind of springs to mind around him. Um, Another interesting thing to note, really, not a uh, major thing, but so he mentions that he is the priest at the parish of St. Christopher. Now, I kind of know a little bit about the Bible because my father was quite religious and actually had the um, St. Christopher on a chain. So I know exactly who St. Christopher is and he's the patron saint of travellers. And I thought that was quite an interesting conversation given that he was talking to Mikkel, who was at this point a time traveller. So, yeah, I don't know if that was... Uh, presumably, that's one of those kind of examples of deliberate uh, references that the writers have, have added to this show just to kind of 
find all the different cultural and literary and philosophical themes in this show that that's that's part of the hunt really in this show is finding all the different references that they've crammed in i, I like that you've mentioned that the this elements of this that you think are quite like lost now because that's again these are, i've always felt that in every episode there's at least one element that you could go oh that's that's a bit like this when this happened in lost or that's the way they did it in lost and I'm glad you're seeing similarities because that's exactly why I wanted you to watch this show in the, in the first place. Do you think, apart from the big reveal that Mikael is Michael, do you think that we progressed a lot, we got a lot more information about the overall story? I know I keep referencing the overall story, like what's going on. Do you think it's given away much more of the plot or do you think we're still at the very early days? This is the episode that I kept saying I uh, it was the one that hooked me. It was the one that uh, up till now I was going, OK, all very kind of dry procedural stuff around missing kids. I'm here for the sci-fi. I'm here for the weirdness. Get on with that aspect of it. And obviously the last episode started to talk about time travel. And I was like, OK, yeah, this is quite interesting. I like going back in time and seeing all that sort of stuff. But then that twist at the end of this episode was the re- part that really went, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. And in hindsight, when you actually watch them back again and again and again, you realise that all the signs were always there. You just didn't really pay attention or didn't really sort of put two and two together. And I'm sure mm. there will be people out there who will say, yeah, yeah, no, I, I knew it from from the moment I was, you know, from the moment this thing happened. It was like so clearly obvious. But at the time I was watching it and going, nope, I just didn't see that coming. That's crazy. Especially right up until the end, because I think there was still a line just before they actually announced who he was that still implied that um, that your theory originally was that Mikkel was the stranger, that he was all grown up. And I was watching it and had the same thinking. I was thinking the same thing, that it was kind of setting that up as the reveal, that it turns out that that Mikkel grew up to be that stranger. So for them to turn around and then suddenly go, oh no, actually, Mikkel is Michael. It's like, what, what, where did that come from? It's amazing that it, it was always there. It was just not, not obvious to me, at least. Well, the way they, we only saw Michael kill himself at the beginning. We didn't really get that much of a good look at him. But I did think when that strange came, I thought he looks familiar. Not mm. that's the same guy, but he looks familiar. Um, but then you go, Mikel, Michael. It's like, oh, it, it's sort of, it's very, very obvious when you you know think of it in that way. What's interesting though is, so we have Mikel come back. Has Mikel grown up since 1986, or has he been on like the uh, the outskirts? If you know what I mean, does that make sense? Like, what I mean by that is. Has Mikkel, did has Mikkel only time travelled once? Uh, I don't get what you're referring to. So he grew up... I mean, the letter basically says that he travelled back in time and then grew up to become a man. And that was it, really. That's the end of his journey. He becomes a man. And that's it. Gets married, has kids. Well, one kid. Right. So why didn't he? Right, hang on, let me think about this. So when Mikkel was born, yeah? Yep. 
Like, if he's gone back to 1986... Mm-hmm. He never moves away. He's, he lives in the town. No, I know that. But when is Mikel actually born? Because what I'm trying to say is... Right, Mikel goes missing. Yeah? He's yep. like seven years old. Yeah. So, say seven years before he goes missing, he should be born. Yeah. Which would mean there'd be two Mikels because yes. you'd have... You'd have the child Mikel growing up the, in, yeah. the, in the Ulrich Nilsson and Katerina Nilsson's household. And then you yeah. have adult Michael. Yes, that's correct. And if they bumped into each other, what would happen? Ooh, that's a good question. What would happen? Is it one of those uh, time travel shows where it's the end of the world if they meet? You know, is it one of those kind of <laughs> the many rules of time travel here? What would happen if they had met? What did Doc call it? Can you remember? Anyway, it's like something really technical. Um, paradox. Is it something to do with a paradox? Yeah, it's like a, a paradox, is it, or something? Mm. Anyway, I'll... Uh, this is what it is. The encounter could create a time paradox, the results of which could cause a chain reaction that would unravel the very fabric of the space-time continuum and destroy the entire universe. So would it cause a paradox? Um, obviously, you're not going to tell me that. Or maybe when they are bumping into each other, that's when we're getting all this electricity going crazy. Like, maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe that's making all the electromagnetism stuff happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. What I would say is, going back to Lost, Lost took four seasons before it even hinted at time travel. This is doing it in the fifth episode. To be fair, Lost had a different setup from the beginning. It, you know, it was never about time travel. It was about this island and purgatory and all that sort of stuff was the original set of theories that were coming out of that. There was nothing really mentioned about time travel until later on, whereas this has always set its stall out to be about time travel. So it's a completely different type of, of show, really. It's just funny that there are so many different references and, and nods to a show that we loved and now we're finding all these little moments of, oh, yeah, that's that's a bit like when this happened in Lost. And, yeah, and there will be more to come. There's uh, guaranteed definitely more to come. If we start talking about Lost this episode, you know we'll end up being like three hours long. Maybe I'll do a rewatch with someone who's not watched Lost one day, but yeah, that'll be a long thing. So back to this episode. So uh, what I also was sort of surprised within this episode was it's not really PG friendly. <laughs> yes, yes, that was certainly something that I'd noticed. Although to be fair, I mean, didn't the very first episode with Hannah and Ulrich start off that way as well? Well, it did, but they're adults. Like, I didn't expect... Like, literally, well, they're kids, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Teenagers, yeah. And then, following on from that, Hannah, because she's upset and she witnesses something, she decides to go and tell the police that Ulrich, um, well, basically raped... Uh, is it Rachel? Katerina. Well, I don't know where you got Rachel from. I don't know. Still grasp, still grasping the names. This so is we like heard Friends that Hannah, when you when when Ross mentioned Rachel at the altar. You've never seen Friends, have you? I haven't seen Friends. I've oh, not wow. seen one episode of Friends. I think that's something we need to watch as well. No, I, I couldn't do it. That that's a show where it came out when I was in school back in the nineties, 
and I didn't watch like one episode of it. I think I missed it when it first came out. And it was, that's right, it came out on the summer holidays. And then when I got back to school, everybody was t- like quoting it. I remember like friends of mine would be saying, oh, that's such a Joey line. And I'd just be like, oh no. I, I, and then I remember being in like bars. This is a, this has been a long standing thing. And a lot of my friends like, I can't believe you don't like that show. But um, I'd be in bars and my friends would just be quoting the shit out of this show. And I stood there like, I want to try and watch it. So I tried to watch it. And then, you know what I'm like for canned laughter. I don't like canned laughter. The only show that can have canned laughter and get away with it are shows like Only Fools and Horses, like proper old school British comedies when they actually did have an audience in the studio. And I know Friends did have an audience, but no way do people laugh when someone just walks through a door and says, hey which I found that's the whole show. Someone walks through the door and the other say, hey, and then the other one says something sarcastic and then the blonde one plays a silly song on a guitar. Um, I'm probably going to get loads of hate for that, but... I think you've just summed up, you've just summed up pretty much every episode ever. Well, there we go. I could have wrote that show. Comedies uh, is subjective. You know, I my favourite show is Kirby Enthusiasm. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't like Larry. He's horrible. He's no funny. He's so annoying. And I'm like, I agree with everything that man says. I don't really. I, I'm, I'm all right. Um, anyway, so how did we get on to friends from that? That's a very good question. <laughs> That's it was your fault because I said Rachel and then you oh, said yeah, something about it. someone at an altar. Yes. Um, so Katerina, basically, she isn't raped, but Hannah accuses, or goes to the police. Well, first of all, she tells her dad. And then the next thing we see a scene where Hannah's telling the policeman who doesn't like Ulrich as it is. So he's like rubbing his hands together. Like, I can't wait to arrest this prick. And then um, so we see a real dark side to Hannah that, you know, she's accusing someone of something that's really bad. Unless, mm. you know, unless she's right. And that's, well, we didn't see much, but we know that at the beginning of the episode or sort of near the beginning, Katerina and Ulrich they had a very weird conversation about let's just do it mm. <laughs> but i don't want kids <laughs> i don't want AIDS, aids and kids i don't want the aids and i don't want kids and he's AIDS, like, aids at the time was a, a massive deal wasn't it in terms of uh it was in the news a lot and yeah it, it, it was absolutely massive so that was probably why that that was one of the things that she mentioned um yeah so she, hannah accused Ulrich. the sergeant arrests him or whatever he is. Is he a sergeant? Yeah. Let's say he's a sergeant. Uh, so that tells us an awful lot about young Hannah. Yeah. Older Hannah, she does say, I'm not going to just leave this to Ulrich mm. about the, the affair. And she doesn't mean like, I'm going to get with you. She's You, you don't want to mess with this type of person. Yeah, I think she's going to burn the place to the ground, isn't she? If she if she can't get her own way and and stay with Ulrich, then you dread to think what that relate what she's going to do in terms of splitting Ulrich up from uh, his family. And going back to how I said this show should be called like U-Turn. At one point, I felt sorry for her. I was like, oh, I feel sorry for her. Like she obviously really likes this Ulrich guy and. You know, the older girls just like they make a bit of fun of her and stuff. And then she's talking to Mikkel and she's like, do you think I'm pretty? And I'm like, oh, and then 
half an hour later, I'm like, little bitch. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. There's that scene in the school where where um, Ulrich and, and Hannah are talking, uh, are having a moment. Uh, did you recognise the film that Ulrich was talking about from the line that he quoted? What did What did he say? The line that he quoted, uh, oh, what was the line? Uh, when, when we grow up, our hearts die. Um, not Blade Runner. No. Is it some teenage, teeny thing? Is it like a John? Um, all right. So I'm going to guess it's something like 16 Candles. You don't know how close you are there. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. There you go. Yes. Have you watched that recently? Or when did you last watch that? Uh, I've never watched it. It doesn't hold out at all. Like I, I thought I'm going to watch this because you know was, I used to love that movie as a kid, hmm. and um, yeah, some movies in the 80s like are rewatchable, and you don't go, oh, that's not that's you know even though the date of the hairstyles and the styles and um, the fashion and all that they're still good movies, still really well made, and then other yeah. ones just a bit, you know. And John Hughes, I think it's John Hughes. I mean, he he made so many great movies, like um, his best is, I think, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which still holds up now. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Breakfast Club, if you've not seen it, I wouldn't recommend it. So people who are listening to this podcast are like, he doesn't like Friends, doesn't like Breakfast Club. Is there anything this guy does like? Lost. Which is, um, yeah, I mean, I don't remember why I was watching clips of The Breakfast Club recently. Uh, <laughs> I think it was some. It was either something that you'd mentioned previously about John Hughes or it was something uh, I somehow perhaps got onto it while looking at quotes from uh, Ferris Bueller. Um, it was something along those lines anyway and somehow ended up in the... Uh, in the realm of the breakfast club so that's how i kind of recognized what they were talking about even though i hadn't actually seen the full film yeah that's uh i didn't i I mean i didn't pick up on that at all um you need to watch the breakfast club just to appreciate it and where it came from i like the way they drop in those little conversations to help set you in the era as opposed to mm. banging your head over it and going you know check out this rubik's cube in the gold obviously they did that as well but i think perhaps in whereas other shows might have really thrown all the nostalgic stuff in the background to kind of help set the scene this was just a conversation it wasn't and the same, they did the same with uh, some music as well when they were talking about a song by falco but they were talking about it in a way that wasn't directly on the nose i don't think they kind of named particular artists or particular films that they were watching directly they just kind of had a conversation about it and that was it they left it at that but it was enough to kind of i guess for people of that at that age would probably appreciate it because they would hear those little references and go oh they're talking about this particular artist or this particular film Mm. as opposed to just going yeah we're gonna we're gonna have them hand over a, a, a vhs with uh, again, they they also did that. To be fair, with Ulrich with his Commodore sixty four. But the one time they did that, they got it wrong by putting something in that was from nineteen eighty seven rather than nineteen eighty six. Get over it. Get over it. <laughs> I will not get over it. But they've done the right thing here. They haven't gone and, and included like uh, like a car from the nineteen eighty seven or something like that in in the shot. Yeah. So they've they've they've, they've they've I think they've done it the right way here. It's it's doing it, uh, setting the scene in the right way. 
getting back to what was going on in this episode, we I think we need just to talk about like the bombshell. I know we sort of touched on it at the beginning. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's go. Definitely going to need to go back to that. Yeah, because we had there's a few things that happened. We ha- I'd, I'd like to know more about Noah or yeah, because it was very mysterious what was going on there or very dodgy. Like when he's like, "I will meet you, Bartez," and he's like, "Okay," I'm, and he thinks he's meeting a drug dealer. Opens mm. a car door and it's a priest, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Get in," and he's like, oh. "So he gets in," and then the first thing I thought was, "Well, there's another one gone. That's another kid." disappearing but then we come back to that and the car door opens he gets out but he looks like he's either been like brainwashed or he's involved in something now and i don't think he's to be trusted and i think he's going to be working for noah doing dark shit that's an interesting theory yeah i like like that idea what i liked about that scene that actually came as part of the familiar montage sequence that comes in just towards the end of each show the music for that again is like the great choice of music me and the devil that song was called uh, i forget who covers it but that song was originally by a guy called robert johnson a blues singer many 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 years ago uh and he has actually actually quite an interesting backstory anyway as a as a singer i'm kind of going i'm digressing a little bit here but there's a there's a point i'm going to make so robert johnson was a, a blues singer who uh was a fantastic guitarist and i'd say legendary you know if you sort of look at any of the great guitarist players of like people like uh, eric clapton and so on and they all refer to robert johnson as being like the best ever but the interesting thing about his story is he died quite young i think he might have actually been one of the uh the first examples of somebody dying at age 27 the uh, infamous yep. 27 club and he the rumor or sorry the legend around him is that he sold his soul to the devil for fame that he was a, an average guitarist who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for uh, the ability to play the guitar like no one else on this on this world. Um, as a consequence of that, he rose to fame, died early, and that was it. That was the legend cemented. And there's only like only only three photos of him in existence. That's how uh, sort of mis- mysterious his life is, really. Um, but the interesting thing is that, that that legend of selling your soul to the devil, uh, I think he actually obviously had this song, Me and the Devil, and I think there was a song about Crossroads as well, which is all kind of linked into the legend of Faust, which is a legend about a man selling his soul to the devil, uh, meeting the devil at the crossroads and selling his soul. Um, so it all kind of ties in with that. Uh, and so I'm going to split off a little bit here because... Goethe's Faust is considered one of Germany's best literary works. And the author, Goethe, was actually mentioned in the previous episode when the teacher was talking to the class and Magnus walks into the class and sits down and the teacher says, this isn't your class. And he goes, you know, just carry on. And he's talking about uh, one of Goethe's work. So there's kind of a link there with the author and now uh, kind of Faustian legend. The music that they've chosen, again, is probably specifically chosen because it kind of ties all of that together. So it was quite nice the way they did that. But also the line in that, that particular track, when the scene comes around to the point where Noah drops Barsas off and he closes the door, the line, me and the devil walking side by side, just as he exits the car and i kind of went 
Right, okay, so are we talking, uh, is Noah like being painted as the ultimate bad guy here? Again, this is very, this episode has quite a lot of religious um, content in it, really, underneath the surface. Obviously, you can't get more, more religious than a priest, but his... The way they're setting him up is that he's no priest. He's he's basically the the, the devil in disguise, as it were. So it's mm. quite an interesting the moments of those kind of the connections they made through the music and the previous mentions of certain authors, and it all kind of ties together. And you do kind of wonder what Bartos is getting himself into. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting himself into more than just drug dealing. Like that's become very clear. And I did pick up mm. on that line it's funny that's the only line i heard in the song but i thought okay that's interesting this is what this show is doing very well it's picking songs that have been made like years before or they haven't been made specifically for this show and it's genius the way they get them to tie in with what's uh, with what's going on so going back mm. to noah he definitely has a damien thorne vibe like you know, he could be Sam Neill, who was uh, played uh, Damien in The Omen 3. Um, he just looks very creepy. Um, but I don't know <laughs> if he's just in disguise thinking, right, what should I dress as to fool people who to like think I'm not the devil? What about a priest? Let's do it. I'll be a priest. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly added an extra mystery to this episode, I think, in that they, we've done all the other aspects of sci-fi and time travel. I know, let's throw religion into the mix and, and make, make mm. you wonder if it's the devil involved in some way. So I think they're keeping, keeping you on your toes at this point with just throwing a few different ideas out there to see what theories people will come up with. Yeah, and I think this show overall, it's not going to give you an answer. Like, this is the... And this is what it is all about. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be like a jigsaw. Going back to what happens in this episode towards the end, before all that, we hear about this parcel, this package that has to be sent at this specific time to this specific place. And it's being sent to uh, to Jonas. In that package is the suicide letter. And also a strange, like, light bulb object. First thing I thought was, I would like one of them, because I like lights, and it looks cool, it looks like a cool gadget. Um, but I don't think I can buy one on Amazon, I'll try. Um, so he gets the this stuff, and I think that's going to be some sort of a defense weapon or something like that. It's, it's something important, because why would he be sent it? So the stranger, he sent Jonas this package to tell him that... To, well, to give him this device and also to let him know that his dad was Mikel, Michael. Yes, he's basically helping Jonas fill in the blanks by going, oh, here's a letter from your dad. Presumably it's the same letter that the old lady had been reading early on in one of the episodes where she started bursting out crying. I think it was that episode one. Yes. Yeah. So it's either a copy of that letter or it's the same letter. Right. Which makes me believe that the stranger isn't this bad guy. We thought he was going to be a bad guy. And it's him who says, you need to tell me about time to the, well, the scientist looking guy, who we've, I think we've seen twice now. Yeah, I'd say, I think that's it. Uh, I think we saw him on TV at one point in, uh, you know, when they were in the room with the, the chair, the deaf chair. And I think he's talking to somebody. He's, he's on the screen at that point. I have another theory that's just, I think... 
the person who's obviously we think that the stranger's a good guy, I think that that is going to be um, Mads who went missing uh, originally. Don't have to confirm it or deny it, but that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it could be Yasin or Eric or somebody else that is actually literally a stranger. Who knows? Well, we'll find out, I'm sure. Right. Is there anything else that, I, uh, that I've uh, missed or that you want to talk about with this episode? Not so much this episode, but I mean, I'm glad that you, you've kind of referred to some of the things that the, the, this is probably, uh, I was going to say it's probably my favourite episode of the season. Um, it's certainly the episode that had me hooked and I'd like to know if it's got you hooked now in the same way. Are you now invested? Are you ready to watch the whole thing? I am invested with this now and um, yeah, it's starting to really like put a grip on me. (laughs) Now that you've actually seen this episode, I can start talking about stuff that's happened in earlier episodes that I've noticed in the past and I've got, oh, if only I could mention that. Uh, so season one, episode two, when you see uh, Jonas talking to his mum when the lights are out and it's, they're in the kitchen waiting for the power to come back on. And Jonas is asking her if she misses dad and Hannah says, I miss the idea of him. Uh, and he also asks her, like, do you think he had a secret? And she asks who? Like Mikkel. And he goes, no, dad, because the, 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 the pause, the timing of it, I think they were previously talking about Mikkel, so it seemed to make sense. This question kind of comes out of nowhere. Now, at the time, you just assume that that's like, you know, conversations when you kind of have a thought in your head and then you blurt out a question and the other person's kind of not following the same line of thinking and wonders where it... So that you can understand why there's this, this confusion in the conversation and it, you don't think anything of it. But obviously later on, when you get to this episode and you find the revelation that Mikkel is dad, that line where he goes, Mikkel, no, dad, just it gets you. You just go, oh, my God, I see what they did there. That's brilliant. What's interesting as well with the whole Mikkel is the is is Michael. Um, he's raised a family knowing that he's a time traveler and not told them. Why would not not tell mm. them? Because you imagine if you were a time traveler and you could you know, prove it, uh, you, you could sell your story to the, you know, you could be like Biff in Back to the Future too. You could be absolutely rinsing it. So mm. why doesn't he do that? I know I would. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why hasn't he used his knowledge of the future to, uh, to his own advantage? Perhaps being so young, he didn't really know how to benefit from it but you surely think that there'd be some things along the way that you go oh yeah there's you know mobile phones become big because i don't know the, the, you would have thought there would have been something that he would have been able to jump on and, and turn a, a profit a t- tidy profit out of it but he didn't seem to be that way inclined really did he he seemed to be uh quite happy to shut him off from the, shut himself off from the world uh i mean they they allude to in that episode actually about how he probably had um obviously the fact that he committed suicide suggests that he had uh, mental health issues. So perhaps it was just assumed that the reason that he didn't go down that route is because he just didn't have the, uh, not necessarily the interest to do that, but there was bigger things going on in his head at the time that he couldn't really process it. I don't think he killed himself 
for mental health reasons. I think he's done that to protect his family in some way. I don't know why, but mm. that's the sort of feeling that I um that I that I'm getting from that now, especially after we have that rev- revelation. Um it's just going to be interesting how this all resolves itself. So at the very beginning of when we started to do this, I had a particular episode in mind where I thought that if you reached this particular episode, I could almost guarantee that you would be hooked and you would be uh, there would be no going back, basically. And so this was the episode that I was referring to. So now that you've seen it, are you invested? I would say I am invested uh, for a few reasons. First, because we're doing a podcast. I never give up on something once I start. If you listen to the first episode of the podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about, cats. Um, And yeah, it's a show that I'm enjoying. I'm still looking forward to know a lot more what's going on to be be in your shoes now. One of the things that really annoys me is when people say, like you say you're watching a show and they go, I wish I could be in your shoes just watching it for the first time, just reliving it. And I'm like, no, I like being in, I like to know what's happened and then I can enjoy it because at the moment I'm like in that sort of state of what the hell. So yeah, I am enjoying it. I am invested. I have no idea where it's going to go. I just, you know, I don't have any inclination to anything apart from cloning, devil worshipping, time travel, lots of lost references. So where do we go from here then? What can you possibly... Uh, tell you what, tell me what the episode title is and maybe I can try and guess what's going to happen. <laughs> well, the next episode is actually uh, Latin. So unless you know a bit of Latin, you're not going to know any anything I'm fluent. I'm fluent in Latin. Okay. Go on. Should we go for go it? Go for it. Sigmundus Creatus S. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Cinebinge. Thanks again to Andrew for joining me and shining some light on this show. Dark, no pun intended. Uh, make sure you follow us on the social medias. For Twitter, it is at Cinebinge TV. And for Instagram, it's just Cinebinge. We're really trying to build this uh, this podcast and we really appreciate all the feedback that you've been given myself and Andrew. It's really cool. I hope you enjoyed it and we will see you at the next one. Boom, done. City Binge.